0: There's just so much stuff that people do that they don't need to do, right? And like automation can not only save your own time, but people on your team's time.
1: One of the key things that stifles the growth of any creative business, in fact, any business at all, I believe is productivity. You see in business, as you know, if you're not productive, then you're not able to scale, you're not able to grow. And so in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, that's what we're diving into, how we can use automation to be more productive and grow our businesses. Let's get into it. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling and marketing strategy as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to episode 130 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Are you with me? This is going to be a great episode and it's a little bit out of the ordinary because we're not talking specifically about video marketing in today's episode, but it's something that I find fascinating and something that I really need to improve in my own business. And so I wanted to bring our expert guest on today to help you do better and be more productive in the work that you're doing in your business. But before we get into it, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Engage Video Marketing Academy, my brand new online community and resource designed to help you nail your video marketing strategy to grow your audience, maximize your reach and catapult your business in 2020. So if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner or a marketer, and you're wanting to do better with video this year so that you can utilize strategic video marketing more effectively to grow your brand, then Engage Video Marketing Academy is for you. Through the Academy, I'll be coming alongside you and supporting you through training, community, and opportunities for one-on-one coaching, guiding you through the implementation of all seven elements for an effective video strategy. The program will be launching very soon. So if you wanna get in right from the beginning at the absolute lowest price ever, I encourage you to join the wait list now at engagevideomarketingacademy.com. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, so my guest today is Jimmy Rose. Now, Jimmy is the co-founder of a platform called Content Snare. He was once an automation engineer, but his new priority right now is to help business owners regain their lives and be more productive to get more done in less time. Now, if you've ever heard of tools like Zapier or automations or workflows that enable things to happen automatically within your business without direct human touch then this is the episode you're going to want to listen to very closely because in this episode today jimmy's going to share with us how creative business owners can start to be more productive by using technology on our side we're going to break down how you can identify the kinds of tasks that you're doing repetitively within your business that you can automate and particularly how you can start to identify the first Automations so that you can get started with to really understand the power in getting this working for your business. We're going to talk about some specific tools in this episode as well. And most importantly, we're going to give you some actionable tips and advice so that you can get started winning back more hours in your workday right after listening to this episode. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. This is my interview with automation guru Jimmy Rose. Here we go. Jimmy Rose, welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Ben, thanks for having me.
0: It's going to be a pleasure.
1: Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you on the show. We we connected a couple of years back um, through various ways. You're you're based in Brisbane, right near me, and and there's a lot of crossover in our entrepreneurial world. So, <laughs> you know. I I wanted to reach out to you to get you on the podcast today specifically to talk about right in your wheelhouse of automation and productivity and we'll get to that shortly because I think it's going to be hugely beneficial for our listeners but before we get to that tell us your story what led you into what you do in the world today
0: oh man um I reckon it actually goes back as far as like my, when I was working for the man in quotes, uh, you know, I was an automation engineer essentially making large equipment run by itself. Uh, and then, you know, we got into the world of online business and software and ran a digital agency for a while doing like marketing campaigns, websites, and um, you know, AdWords, pay, pay-per-click, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. And I kind of got to a point where I was just overworked, like massively overworked. I think it happens to a lot of agencies. Um, and at some point I just snapped and was like, I need to do some st- something to get my time back. And that's how I ended up in um, automation, I guess, like just trying to automate anything we could in our business, like work on processes, improve things, you know, like we were constantly just trying to do less work. Um, and, and at some point I kind of reclaimed my love for what I used to do as a real job in automation. So now like automation has become so much fun for me. Cause I used to love that job, but I just don't do it anymore. So this is like my fix now, I think (laughs) Uh, just automating stuff.
1: Yeah. And what led you into, into working specifically with agencies that that focus that you have
0: today? Right. So, um, a part of that was actually creating some software. So one of the biggest issues we had in our agency was collecting files and content and information from clients um, so that we could do their projects. You know, it was the classic, just, it was like a roadblock every time we we get, we ask a client for some information, you know, they've already paid a deposit or something. We ask them for some information and it never comes. It just dead stop on the project. Uh, I think a lot of agencies can resonate with that. And so we actually built a software product to, um, to help that process of collecting content and files and stuff. Uh, It's called content snare. Um, but that is why we're so involved with agencies now because they're our biggest client. Um, we, we get used by event planners and mortgage brokers and lots of other, lots of other industries that need to collect files, but our sweet spot for sure are digital agencies. So that's our thing now.
1: So, uh, um, absolutely. I feel that pain as a video production agency as well. And I know many of our listeners to this show are running, are running video companies. I'm interested to hear is it, it
0: do you have many video production companies using your platform? I know there are a couple, um, at the moment, we do have some file size limits that might make it uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know, not ideal for video. It depends how big of files you're working with. Um, but we have absolute plans uh, to remove that as soon as we can. Um, we actually just went through a massive redevelopment of our moved platform because our old platform was the reason we had to have these limits in place. So very soon we'll be able to reduce that and actually allow people to upload bigger videos. Cool.
1: Well, yeah, keep me posted about that. But I wanted to bring you on today to talk more about that love of automation. And <laughs> and I guess that's where that idea of content snare came from as well as is just trying to automate and, and systematize some of the collection of, of files. But there's so much more that we can do in business these days to to get back our time, right? Mm-hmm. And I know, speaking personally for myself, one of the things that I struggle with the most in as, as a business owner or just in business is, is productivity is there's so many things just hmm. that need to be done when you're running a small business. So in your experience of, of working with agencies or working with businesses and helping people with automation, where, where do you see the biggest, the biggest problems with productivity or where are people really struggling in this space?
0: Uh, well, is this exclusive to automation or not?
1: Oh, anything,
0: wherever it goes. Because <laughs> I, like, I think automation, I think most people are just generally fairly bad at wasting time. You know, we often <laughs> with like you know, procrastination and all that sort of stuff. Um, but like, there is, it's quite funny this has nothing to do with automation really. But I always think like one of the, the biggest um, productivity killers that I see is like people's computer like a lot of people are working from like little laptops and stuff or, uh, you know, even, even, um, Mac, like any laptop, I just feel like is not, it's never going to be as good as a desktop that you paid as much money for. Right. So like, that's like my, almost my number one tip, that, like underrated tip that no one talks about is like, get a beastie desktop computer. I mean, everyone listening to this probably has one cause you're in video. Um, but I just, I just see so many people struggling away on, um, on like computers without realizing how much of a productivity killer a laptop yeah. can be. Impractical keyboard and touch pads yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I actually use my laptop when I want to be more unproductive. Like I feel like if I'm too productive for too long, then it actually kind of, it has these weird like effect on me where I feel like I'm burning out really quickly. So I'll go to co-working and use a laptop just to chill out a bit. <laughs> but, um, I know more along the topic. I mean, with automation, that is like, there's just so much stuff that people do that they don't need to do. Right. And I know, um, you've had someone on the podcast fairly recently to talk about process and team and all that sort of stuff. And that's obviously a really good place to like save some of your own time is by essentially purchasing somebody else's. Um, but like automation can not only save your own time, but people on your team's time. You know, like I I discovered a um, a Zapier automation the other day that I didn't even know was possible that I have um, a team member of ours doing every single week and it takes her like an hour. Uh, So, and I found out I can automate this. I didn't even know it was possible. Uh, This is kind of why I get so excited about automation too. Like years in, I'm still discovering new stuff. Um, You know, it was basically to convert our weekly newsletter to a blog post Um. And I've found now that our newsletter tool has a trigger in Zapier that can basically push out this information and then you can create a post in WordPress like automatically. And it looks exactly like what I get her to set up. Awesome. You know? so, so it's just stuff that people shouldn't be doing that can be automated. I think is, is a, just one of the big, eh, biggest productivity killers. Yeah.
1: Hey, before we go any further, because you, you threw that word Zapier in there a couple of times (laughs) just saying, and we're going to talk about Zapier as a tool shortly as well. But for people who are listening that haven't heard about that and think you're making up words, tell us (laughs) what, what
0: is Zapier? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Zapier is just one of many automation tools out there. So, um, I mean, there's there's marketing automation, which I'd say most people are probably familiar with. You know, things like Active Campaign and um, Infusionsoft or Keep, whatever it's called now, ConvertKit, etc. Um, but then there's another sort of variety of automation tool that works to just move data between things. So you know, like when someone signs up as an, a lead and they get added to Active Campaign, that could trigger a workflow in Zapier, and then you do something with that data, like push it across into a different CRM or into a spreadsheet or, um, and that's what I meant when I said there, so a Zapier trigger became available for my newsletter tool that I sent, uh, that I use, sorry. And it's like when a new newsletter is created, um, that becomes a trigger. So then all the data that's in that newsletter can then be pushed across to something else. In this case, I can push it across to the WordPress um, integration that's in Zapier and create a blog post out of it, right? So that's kind of how it all works is that this world of automation and gluing these apps together. It's There's like a trigger and then an action. So you take something happens in one app and you do something in another app. Not so I guess one of the
1: easiest okay. ways for for people listening to think about potential for automation in their business is to look at the the software you're using, whether it be accounting software, whether it be project management software, um, communications kind of software, Google Apps, that kind of stuff, productivity stuff. Mm. It's looking for where are you currently manually doing things in one app that is potentially linked to something or data that's in another app. Is that, is that kind of the first place to start?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was actually just looking for, I've got like a a list of like the classic, like the easiest things to look for opportunities for automation. And like, I would call that double handling, you know, anything that is double handling, if you are taking one, piece of information and having to manually stick it into another app for some reason like that can likely be automated uh, almost definitely um, with the amount of integrations that are out there now you know um, anything that's repetitive like if you're doing the same thing over and over that's probably a way to eliminate that as well Um, you know like that newsletter is a classic example like taking every week she's looking at the newsletter and recreating it in in wordpress Um, so that's like a classic thing that I probably should have looked at it earlier. Um, and the other category I like to look at is just stuff that you generally forget. So, you know, like sometimes like I like to check, um, incoming leads every day and see like what kind of people have signed up. And if I, if any of them are really big or important clients, I want to reach out to them manually. So I actually have a, a to-do that drops into my, like I, I use Trello for my, I guess, personal to-do list and it drops in there every day just with a list of all the people that signed up. So I don't even need to go and log into something else to check because I know I'm not going to do it and I'll forget. So stuff you forget is like another one of my favorite categories.
1: Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I mean, the possibilities are are endless. Let's try and just workshop here together and we haven't planned any of this or prepared (laughs) any of this, but you know, I want to break down for you potential common workflow that would happen in, in my business, in a video production company, Mm. for example, and it's based around client onboarding, for example. So let's say that we've, we've got a, a client who, you know, they've gone through the sales process and they've, they've signed the contract. They've agreed. Yep. We're going to do work with you. There are a number of standard steps that would happen after that point to get to a point where we're into production Right? Mm-hmm. Can can I kind of share what that potential workflow might look like in a simple form, and you can let me know potentially how that yeah. could be
0: automated to make it sure less manual? Can I ask a question first, though? Go for it. Yeah. Was the uh, proposal or contract automatically sent? It it would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, good. for example. <laughs> For example, we're using DubSado um, uh, as uh, yeah. as a platform, and I know people listening probably are using various platforms, but they're probably not manually creating and sending, you know, in a Word document a proposal. Probably yeah. not. There's probably some kind of digital proposal, digital signing, that kind of thing. Let's make yeah. that assumption. So yeah, the good. contract's <laughs> been signed and I'll walk you through the, the first few steps and then sure. you can just, you can just riff on this for a bit. So contract's been signed. Um, what we typically want to do is to um, basically pass that to accounts because there'd be some kind of an initial deposit or initial payment uh, that would need to happen. And then someone in, on the team who's, production team basically would need to um, be notified so they can set up a meeting like a pre-production or a production meeting with the client. And then potentially there would also need to be, or at least in our case, we have like a filing system and Google, Google drive mm-hmm. where we you know have a standard kind of folder structure for a new client that yeah. eventually will be populated with certain assets and their final videos mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Right. So if, if we could go deeper than that, but as a simple kind of first step as an onboarding for a new client, we do all that manually right now. You're probably going (laughs) to shake in your boots. So we just basically, it's just a process. We just one of us do it. Yeah. How can we make that easier?
0: Right. Well, um, I assume the person in accounts is sending an invoice. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is a huge opportunity right there. Like I don't know about dub Sido's um, integrations, but a lot of the time assumptions. Yeah. Like if they have some kind of trigger, that's like a uh, quote was, or a contract was signed, then you just push that over into zero or whatever accounting system you're using and automatically create the invoice and send it. Right. That's um, an opportunity right there. I imagine, I thought Dubsido actually did the payments thing internally. So you might be able to actually do that without even leaving Dubsido, right? I think, can you do that? Do you know? I believe you do. We don't use
1: that um, mm. functionality. It doesn't connect with Zero at the moment um, mm. directly. So mm. it does with FreshBooks and things like that. US based companies probably right. have more luck with that, but uh um, <laughs> Anyway, so let's assume that there is a Zap. There is a way mm. that they can trigger an automation using something like Zapier into um, our accounting software. Mm. So that can happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, generate that invoice and send it off. Um, and then, I mean, if you don't want to book a meeting until they've actually paid, you would then set up a trigger uh, based on when they actually pay the invoice, right? Um, it depends on your account- your accounting process, you know, like in Zero you have to go in and manually reconcile a payment. But, you know, this is just another example. It's going to really depend between everybody's process. Um, But generally you could trigger something based on a payment uh, and then actually email that client to set up the initial meeting, obviously using something like Calendly. I I assume you use some kind of booking system like that already, but the next step is to actually send that automatically. Um, once they've paid right, uh, from the account manager. And then, um, once they've booked, I mean, you could trigger various things based on that as well. You know, I do that with my podcast. If someone books in, it fires off a workflow, um, to automatically create a, a Google document for that interviewee. Um, and likewise you could, if once they've booked in, uh, you might actually, have a workflow that creates your folder structure because you mentioned there's, you've got a filing Mm -hmm. system and uh, there are tons of Google drive integrations uh, in Zapier where you can create folders, create files. Uh, Like I mentioned with my podcast, you can actually create a Google document based on a template and then do like replacement information. So you can put the client name into like, if you have a document, you can replace the client name and their address or whatever, you know, whatever data. And that can all go into a spreadsheet a templated spreadsheet or document automatically with Zapier. Oh
1: man, I didn't know you could go that deep. Yeah, That's made me think about a whole bunch of things right there. I'm (laughs) like, oh, that would save so much time. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I think for people listening that haven't played around with things like Zapier or automation, um, since sometimes it's built into the apps we're already using, there's some, some ways to automate within the apps and things like that, or mm. there's some built-in integrations, but, uh, I think it potentially sounds a bit scary. It's like, are you asking me to kind of code something to, to connect this to that? Um, is how easy is it or what's the process?
0: So it is definitely, uh, overwhelming for some people, right? Like, because when you jump into Zapier for the first time and you're looking at a blank zap, it's like, what do I do? Where do I start? Um, a mutual friend of ours, Angela Henderson, um, is, she always makes me laugh because, uh, whenever I start talking about Zapier, she basically throws up her hands and says, some. um, some things I shouldn't repeat and <laughs> she doesn't, she does you know, it's, it's very overwhelming for her cause she's not a, a techie. But the thing is, if you start with something really simple uh, and have like an idea of what you want to do, it, it's, you can like, you don't have to start with the complicated stuff, right? You can do something really simple. The classic, like first, my first zap kind of thing is the contact form on your website, pushing that information into a CRM. Right like, and that's always the example I use um, I have a zapier tutorial for this, like I just a free YouTube video it follows that exact example um, and just because it's a good way to i don't know like wet your feet is that, what's the I'm so wet, bad with, wet your whistle <laughs> wet your whistle. Get,
1: get your feet wet <laughs>
0: get your feet wet that's that's that what I'm for I, <laughs> I'm so bad at words uh. But yeah, like, so you, you start with something simple like that and then you build on it, right? And I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say that just like, because people are still going to be like, where do they start? But that's kind of what I do when I teach people is like, I start with a simple trigger and an action. That's it. Nothing crazier than that. Um, when Zapier is actually fairly easier to use. So when you create your action, so to put that contact into your CRM, you literally just click in the box where it says like, what should the person's email be? And it has a drop-down of all the information that came from the trigger and email is probably going to be right there. So you just click on email and suddenly you've mapped the email from the contact form to the CRM. It's like that simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no code involved. It like, I understand that it can be overwhelming at first, but once you get going, you realize how easy it is. In fact, um, it's, I had a guy uh, that went through my course and he got to the end of it and then actually went back and rewatched the first videos. And he said, Wow, you must have been so bored creating these. Cause now I realize like how simple that is. And he did, he managed to go for, to that point in like literally two days. Um, so once you actually start, like, I, I feel like a lot of people just write themselves off in a way and be like, Oh, I'm not technical enough to understand this, but really like once you get going, I think you'll be fine.
1: And is there, is there a cost to to Zapier?
0: So there is a free plan. Um, there is, and obviously a paid paid plans as well. The free plan is limited to in various ways, but the main thing is you can only have very simple zaps. So like a trigger and an action which for getting started and learning is completely fine uh it's only when you want to start getting more complex workflows like um in zappy you can actually say like here's my trigger when this happens do this action and this other action and this other action you can sort of stack them on top of each other so if one if a contact comes in um from a contact form, you might add them to your CRM and send them a Calendly link and notify you. You know, you can do lots of things. You can't do that on the free plan. Um, And it's limited on the number of um, actual like sort of, they call it a task when that workflow runs, uh, it uses up a task and you can only do that so many times in a month. But honestly, when you're starting out, the free plan should get you through. Cool.
1: Good to know. Can you give us some examples or a case study of of a business, perhaps an agency you've worked with who you've seen them go from basically no automation to having lots of stuff automated and what difference that's made for
0: them? Um, so, the funny thing is it's kind of hard to give exact numbers because no one records this stuff. <laughs> no yeah. one goes, I am spending eight hours a week on uh, collecting content from clients, right? This is, this is a problem with content snare. We can never give any people exact numbers of how much time is saved. Um, but I think it's really just comes down to stress levels. Like a lot of people that, that seems to be the biggest thing. Yeah. People save time, but they come back and they're like, you have just saved me so much time and stress. Like I don't have to worry about this thing that I had to do every day anymore. Um, so like, it's kind of, I don't know what kind of detail you want in a case study, but, um,
1: yeah, I mean, where, have you seen it um, work particularly well in, in an area that maybe you hadn't really thought about before or, it, you know, that really, you say you get excited and fired up by some of these automations. Like, yeah. it, you know, have you seen some automations be integrated in somewhere where you're like, that that is awesome?
0: Oh, man, yeah. So I have a little Facebook group for this stuff for my students and they just post random stuff all the time. But, I mean, one, one that came up the other day, um, which it's quite specific to SEO, but it was like a backlink checker. Um, and it went through all the previous, um, like if you get links from various sites, you might record this in a spreadsheet and it actually went out and checked. Every one of those was still active in a spreadsheet. So, you know, I don't know, that's just a very, very random example, but like, so also the kind of thing that's really annoying to do, um, Mm -hmm. manually. Um, for me, like this is, this is a complete anecdotal, like self case study. Um, one thing that saves me a ton of time, I mentioned earlier about those, um, like when I want to see who's signed up every day. So what I have a little automation that basically rolls up everyone that signs up every day. But on top of that, it actually checks how big their company was as well. So if they have more than 10 staff, it puts them on a list and drops that into my to-do system every day. So like five, sorry, it's 8 a.m. each day. It drops in from the previous day to say, hey, these really large, well, these not really large, but these like large companies signed up. And sometimes through that, I've spotted like legitimately huge companies that have actually signed up for our software. And it's enabled me to reach out to them and give them like personalized attention really quickly which makes it so much easier to convert them to a client. Like if they're still playing around and um, in our system um, and I've reached out to them that quick, um, it it starts that conversation off. And, you know, I feel like I I, I don't even know how we would do that without automation. I'd have to check check this do it every day. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, even more like, so, so for certain size companies, I notify myself immediately. So they've only just started using the tool and I can reach out and like talk to them while they're using the app. I'd have to be checking it every 10 minutes, you know, uh, So that, that to me is a massive time saver. And a lot of people don't know it's possible to look up companies like that. Um, There's actually, if someone's interested, the app you use in Zapier is lead score by Zapier. And basically it takes an email address and returns some information like what country they're in, how many staff it thinks that are at that company, and a bunch of information like that. So that is super useful.
1: Yeah, I mean I can see that that alone is hugely valuable for for anyone listening, no matter their industry, because if leads are coming in in, in whatever format that you are collecting leads, being able to know which to prioritize mm-hmm. is it's a make or break when it comes to sales, right? Oh, yeah. it can be a make or break. Yeah. That's cool. Um I wanna I wanna basically just give a bit of a roadmap for people who are listening and they're they're intrigued and they're like, you know what? there are some things probably that Mm. I can automate in my business. Um, how, how do you recommend that people get started? And we've, we've talked about some kind of easy, easy zaps or easy Mm. automations to start with, but what should people do to really identify where they should start or what processes they, they can automate in their business?
0: Right. So, um, I'll give you some zap, like where to start on the Zapier website in a second. But the first thing is just like thinking about your business of those categories I talked about before. So double handling, uh, if you're doing the same thing in multiple places, um, and then repetitive tasks that somebody on your team or you are doing over and over again, maybe for every project or, you know, for every new client stuff that you forget. And the last one is excessive email. The classic example for that is like booking calendar times. I mean, everyone's probably using booking links by now. So you don't have to go, what time are you available? What time zone are you in? And I these- bet you there's a lot of people oh. listening that aren't though. Yeah, that are still back and forthing on email. <laughs> (laughs) Some people kind of feel that that is, um, like impersonal in a way, but to me, like if someone emails me and is like, what time are you available? I feel like that's not respecting my time (laughs) because I'm like, I don't want to have this back and forth. Can you just send me a booking link please? So I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but, um, I, I think that's just such low hanging fruit if you aren't using that already. Uh, But yeah, anything that requires excessive email, if you can turn that into a better process. Actually, you know, that's probably what I should have spoken about at the start when you said, when you asked about what's like the biggest productivity thing that like low hanging fruit is probably email. Anything where you've got Mm -hmm. these massive email trails. And that's why we built Content Snare because normally collecting information from people is just brutal, right? And you have these email trails that they're insane. But uh, if we move on to uh, like Zapier itself, uh, a good way to get started is literally just go to zapier.com. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. And at the top, there's two tabs, um, apps and explore. If you go to apps, you can just start typing in, there's a search bar, you start typing in apps that you're already using. So if you're using uh, Dubsado, actually I might do that now. I'm interested if uh, if Dubsado have an integration. But sure. you can just start, yep, they do. Um, it, and then what you do is scroll down to the bottom of that page and it'll actually tell you what triggers and actions are already supported. So just by looking through that, I can see that in Dubsado, you can trigger when a contract is signed, when a payment's received, when a project status is updated. There's a bunch of, there's about five there and that there's only one action, which is create project, which is unfortunate, but I'm sure they're working on improving that. Um, but so then you can see what is actually possible to do in Dubsado from Zapier. And mm. if you start doing this with a few of the tools you're already using, like punch in your CRM um, and, or and even just something like Google Sheets, you can have a read through and see what triggers and actions are possible. And you can kind of start building a picture of like, oh, if I can trigger uh, based on a contract is signed in Dubsado, and then there's a trigger for spreadsheets to add a new row, I can... new projects in a spreadsheet. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but it's just a random example, right? Um, The other one is the explore tab. And it is kind of cool because it just gives you like a check, like you can tick the apps you're using on and off. Uh, There's just literally a checkbox on all the apps. Again, you search for say Dubsado and tick that on, tick on your CRM. Uh, Maybe if you're using a forms tool like Typeform or something, you just tick it. And then it gives you a bunch of random example zaps that use those apps. So it can just kind of trigger some ideas, right? Just have a look through it. Um, and then it actually has a little button on there, uh, say, use this zap. And so it'll actually create that, um, that zap in your account uh, with some demo stuff ready to go. So you can kind of just, it means you don't start with a blank zap having no idea what to do. So yeah. that can be a cool little way just to get started. That was the explore tab um, at the top of zapier.com.
1: Cool. Awesome. I know I, for one, I'm going to, after we finish recording here, go and check that out again. We we have got some um, zap set up for very simple stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I mucked around with probably over a year ago and I barely even thought about it or looked at it since. So I'm taking my lead from this podcast interview and and going to, Revisit what we're doing and get much more automation into our business as well. And hopefully, we've inspired the listeners of the podcast today to do the same. So, Jimmy, I'm glad you came on. Um, this has got me thinking. Um, this, is, <laughs> this has spurned on some, uh, some ways that hopefully I can carve back some more productive hours into my work day. Um, and I appreciate you for joining us. Is, is there a good way for people to follow more about what you do and maybe learn from you further if they're interested in diving deeper? into automation in their business.
0: Yeah, so specifically with automation, I'd just go to jimmyrose.me. Um there is a course there that um that that's a um like a premium course, I guess you would say. But on that page I also have some Zapier tutorials and stuff. Um if you Yeah, so I think it's actually brand new. I don't know when this this is going out, but the Zapier tutorial should be front and center of my uh, blog at the moment. Um, And that's a video that basically walks through a simple Zap setup from that contact form to uh, your CRM. In this case, I'm using ActiveCampaign as an example and Typeform as the contact form. But just that example should help people get started. So yeah, if you just go to... And the direct URL to that is jimmyrose.me slash zapier-tutorial. Um, but yeah, it should be on the blog right on the front page right now.
1: Awesome. Love it, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on and sharing your passion and insight (laughs) into, into automation for businesses. It's been, it's been great. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Ben.
1: All right, big thanks again to Jimmy for joining me on this episode. I hope you guys took something out of that, something that you can action right now in your business. If you haven't yet explored Zapier, I encourage you to do that. Just head on over and start playing around with the free account within the platform and start finding things that you can automate within your business. I think you'll find it becomes kind of addictive and there's a whole bunch of things after this episode that I'm going to start implementing right now. So thanks again for joining me for this episode. If you got value out of this episode, I'd love for you to leave a rating and a review over on the iTunes store, just like this five-star review left by Italian Goddess 502. And she said, thank you for providing this valuable information for free. I started a YouTube channel this month and I'm using your teachings to share my story the correct way. I'm so glad I found this podcast at the beginning of launching my channel so that I can build a community from authority and trust. That's awesome to hear, Italian Goddess 502, because that, I believe, is the only way to build a community from a place of authority and trust. So awesome. Thanks for listening and thanks for leaving a review. And to you listening right now, I want to thank you again for joining me for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. My name is Ben Amos, and I'm here to help you be more effective and grow your business using online video strategically. So until next time, next week, I'll talk to you real soon.